Well, who's on first? Yeah. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. Who? The guy playing first base. Who? The guy on first. Who is on first? What are you asking me for? I'm asking you. <laughs> I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. You ain't telling me nothing. I'm asking you who's on first. That's it. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first base. That's his name. That's whose name? Yeah. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yeah. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who is on first? What are you asking me? <laughs> I'm asking you who's on first. That's it. listening to TV Ate My Dinner. This is episode 11. My name is Sean, and I am sitting here with Brooks. Hey, how's it going? Well, pretty good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Sup, America? How you doing? For all the Starkies out there, Greg is on a secret mission of some kind. He, he couldn't give us details, but it, he, he did, it did slip out that it had something to do with the Andes Mountains, some kind of missile base. I don't know. Apparently, the, the long and the short of it is not on the show. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't again, think he's actually... Starkies, what can we I do? I think he's actually just, like, working in a service kind of capacity, like waiting tables or something for this mission. I don't think he's doing anything dangerous, so so don't worry, I think. Like a day job, like a contract job. Really less less of a mission by the, by the moment, as the more we describe it, less interesting as we go. Do we have a movie from the vault? Movies from the vault. We were going to talk about comedies at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we did have a theme in mind. So I was going to mention the Corn Dog Man. Oh yeah. I don't know. Have you ever heard of this? I movie? saw this movie back with you in college or whatever. Isn't that the one with? Uh... Oh, did I show you this movie? I think I've seen it. Is that the one with where the guy the prank call grows guy? an arm out of his back or something weird? No, how weird! No, that's the dark backward. The dark backward. Well, what's the corn dog man? I'm confused now. <laughs> that's an interesting wire crossing. You get. <laughs> that is a movie from the vault because <laughs> that one's great. Where Judd Nelson's trying to be—he's like a garbage man who tries to be a stand-up comedian, but he's like completely unfunny. And then one day, through some kind of twist of fate or industrial accident or whatever, he just inadvertently grows an arm out of his back. And then he gets an agent, and then he goes on, on tour. He's still not funny, but people go see him just because he has a third yeah, arm. Yeah, he just like tells a joke, and then just slowly spins around and shows the arm, and everyone claps. It's a sad, grotesque that movie. I'm not even sure if it's funny, but it's definitely entertaining. It's it's weird, but no, the Corn Dog Man was this movie was a big movie at Sundance, but it's it's. Ex- it's not like the dark backward at all. It's it's a streamlined movie. It's really about this guy starts prank calling this uh, Noble Willingham, who's a really good actor, and he plays this he plays this this dude who works at a, like a boating store, like a marine mm-hmm. store, and suddenly he starts getting these prank calls from this guy, and they start out somewhat harmless, but the whole movie. Is just these prank calls, and they start getting progressively like more aggressive and interesting, and weird, and more of the backstory of why he's doing it starts getting revealed, and it's very cool and, and it's really funny in places, but it's also really yes, serious. It sound like a comedy. Well, I mean, then there's corn dogs in there. <laughs> well, corn dogs are just naturally funny. So. Maybe I have seen this because it sounds really familiar, but I can't I can't put my finger on it. Is this something we can um? You can rent now on DVD? I would think so. I, I haven't tried it. I, I don't know. we got to stop re- recommending movies that are not available. <laughs> you really need to see this movie that is not available. One of these days, the guy that made that movie is going to email us and go, I know, thank you. Andrew Shea, by the way. Thank you for pointing out that my movie is cool. No one notices. The man who made that movie's name was Andrew Shea. We wanted to talk about comedies, I guess, tonight. Since we have to have a theme and a topic. Yeah, I was thinking we should talk about stuff that people might not know. I mean, that they've probably heard of, but maybe haven't seen. So I was going to start with Ghostbusters. <laughs> and then maybe Airplane. I've heard of this movie, I don't know if you've seen it, called Caddyshack? <laughs> Perhaps American you've heard Pie. Of it. For all you kids out there, it is 
20 year old movie so you probably haven't seen caddyshack which is even more embarrassing for me god i i barely remember that i don't even think i don't remember liking caddyshack frankly i think it's overrated all right no one's gotta worry about well i will say that my favorite movie groundhog is that the movie besides murray's chasing the groundhog (laughs) besides um besides star wars and stuff of course and you know, Lord of the Rings and whatever. My favorite movie is probably Bottle Rocket. Okay, escape route is crucial. Just in case somebody is tailing us or even chasing us, as the case may be. We can't be sure how it is going to happen. Do you think that we're going to be chased tonight? Is that a possibility? That's a good question. No, I don't think we're going to be chased. I'm just being hypocritical here. However, I will say... Bob, please don't interrupt me, man, because I'm trying to stay focused on this stuff. You're responsible for the external situation tomorrow. Streets and the getaway. Whoa, whoa, whoa. excuse me. The, are the explosives really necessary here? I think it'd be a lot more simple if I just walk up to the door alone. I, I think that that would be... Why are you undermining me, man? How much bullets does this thing take? Bob, look, please, I'm paying man. attention. God damn it! You're not paying attention if you're messing around with the gun. Now quit... I'm... Anthony, just keep the gun on the table. Keep Look, Dignan, I, I can't focus Look, unless the gun, gun is on the table. We well, just paid for it. Shut up, man. Shut up. I'm warning you now. Be quiet, please. It's true, Dignan. I paid for the gun. Say it again. Say it one more time. Say it again. Repeat what you just said. I paid for the gun. <sighs> He's out. You're out too. And I don't calm think I'm down, in either. Okay, just calm no down. gang. It's uh, Wes Anderson's first movie. He's got a new movie coming out. All you artsy kids know who he is, but this is his only non-artsy movie, and it's my favorite one by far. It's a, it's not a cynical, dark movie like all his others. It's it's a very light, breezy. It's like sunshine in a bottle. It's a very. It makes you feel good when you watch it. Well, it's that's got, the name, Bottle Rocket. You know, it's yeah. A, uh, it's such a great name for that movie because that's what it is. It's got all the Wilson brothers, Owen, Luke. And uh, their other brother, I don't remember his Future name. Future Man. Future Man. <laughs> it's got. Uh, it's, it's a just funny a... thing about Future Man in the movie. They always call him Future Man in that movie, but they don't say why. But I was reading later on. Owen was talking about how in real life they call him Future Man because his his head is so big and his features are so pronounced that they used to joke that he was like a man from the future, like the evolved human oh, really? being, because <laughs> he looks cool. like the man, the Future Man. I didn't know that. That's neat. But it's great. It's it's Owen Wilson doing his shtick, and now when you see it, you're like, yeah, that's Owen Wilson doing his shtick. But at the time, that was a brand new thing. You'd never seen Owen Wilson before because he was a nobody. You know, this is the first thing any of them did, and it's just brilliant. Ever ever since then, it seems like every movie he's done, he's trying in some way or another to kind of recapture that same magic, but it's never been as good in my opinion. And I still love Owen Wilson and everything he does. But if you like Owen Wilson and you haven't seen this, you should. Because in my mind, this is the quintessential Owen Wilson character. This is him. No, 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 no. Son of a bitch! Anthony! Anthony! Bob's gone! He stole his car! That little coward, that son of a bitch! He flew the coop while we were sleeping. He has no character, man. You know what I like about Bottle Rocket 2 for Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson is that, you know, they were nobodies when they made the movie. They weren't what you would would consider iconic or sex symbols or whatever, especially Owen. He's kind of awkward looking. (laughs) And he does this great thing where he's got the weird sort of crew cut haircut and all that. And he wears like, (laughs) you know, he wears like white socks and brown shoes and stuff. He's just an awkward looking little fella in that movie. Not what you would consider a guy who would become a big movie star or a sex symbol later on but that's what you kind of like about it it's all about underdogs you know dig his character and that dignan is such an underdog that oh. you're not even sure if you are rooting for him or not but you can't help it the story is essentially that these kids that have nothing going for them and and the one played by owen wilson dignan his dream for whatever reason is to be like a <laughs> big famous criminal gangster guy so he keeps hatching up these really elaborate plots trying to get in with these uh these actual real crime people and uh that's that's essentially you just follow their adventures as they goof around and 
and and it really is very small in the, in the things that they do. And oh, I think yeah, <laughs> as a, it's the only Wes Anderson movie that I really find to be relatable. Like well, everyone could watch Bottle Rocket and get it because they're all just you know. And I'll tell they you have why. This ridiculous dream, and they do silly things. It's because they're not rich and they're not famous people. What I don't like about all of Wes Anderson's other movies, all of them, is that they're around these rich and or famous people. They're about people that live in fancy New York high-rises and hang out with celebrities and just talk about how droll and uninteresting their life is because they're so rich and famous. You can't relate to any of those people, but in Bottle Rocket, these guys are losers. Even the guys that do have money in the movie are just pathetic. But it's yeah, so and endearing they, and everybody because they're so that. they're so innocent, you know. They're so they're so genuine. I think the Dignan as a character is so endearing and so he's he's so exuberant about the things he wants to do, and it, it's catchy. It's fun, and it's so even quotable. at the very end he gets they they botch the job completely and he gets caught and he's like, "We did it, guys," because <laughs> he got put in jail. Like it's a, it, he's completely legitimized. No one can say Dignan isn't a criminal. They put him in jail. <laughs> there is no greater validation of his dream that he was actually they actually bothered to arrest him. Man, some of the lines in that are so quotable. So if you're into quoting movies, I would definitely I, I check it out. I highly recommend if you it. Like it's my movies favorite movie at all. What the hell you wearing? Yeah, it's a jumpsuit. Clay, look at this guy. He looks like a rodeo clown. <laughs> he looks like a little banana. Where are you from anyway, man? I'm from around here. This guy used to mow our lawn. No shit. Yeah, he was great. Clipping the hedges, sweeping up, mowing the lawn. <laughs> what was the name of your little lawn mowing company? The Lawn Wranglers. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Keep up the mowing, Kimasabi. It was, it was, it's landscaping, not just mowing. Oh, man, don't listen to that guy. I don't know. Sometimes I, I mean, I'm not always as confident as I look. Did you see what he had on? Yeah, it's pretty cool. He looks yeah, like a little banana. Yeah, if you haven't seen Rocket and you like movies, then you're just wasting your time. Because even though they became famous, you know, that was true back before those guys became famous, but even more so now. So check that out. That's my first suggestion. What do you got? Uh, well, I'll say one that people have seen a bunch, but I think I say this because I think it was an underdog in in coming, which is the Big Lebowski. Oh yeah, when that movie came out, I think a lot of people it was their follow up. The Coen Brothers that was their follow up to Fargo, and everyone's like, "What is this?" But I think the brilliance of it becomes more; it reveals itself more and more throughout the years, oh. and upon like subsequent viewing, no doubt, realize this may be their best movie ever. I'd much rather Definitely watch that than funny. Fargo now. Yeah, the Big Lebowski is just, and they made a lot of funny movies. You know, Raising Arizona was theirs. That was a very funny movie. The Hudsucker Proxy, which is my personal favorite of the Coen Brothers. Oh, movies. really? That was a very funny movie. Oh, Brother, Where Out, Art, Where Art Thou? They made that later. I'd have to say, that's Oh, Brother is my favorite of their movies, but but Lebowski's right up the there. The Southern thing. I think being from the South, people, because I I got I watched that in a we watched that at the Lucas Theater here in Savannah. They did it. They did a, a showing of that, and people were cheering, because I think it's such a movie about Southern mythology that, without making fun of it, it lampoons certain aspects of, of you know the South, but it doesn't lampoon the South. Yeah. And I think people from the South, a lot of people from outside the South probably think the Southerners watch that movie and hate it, but that's actually not true. I'm I find at all. Because I think it lampoons the very aspects of the South that Southerners hate also. Using a Confederate so, I think flag for you and South. me, yeah. we're a uh, That movie the, is very quotable too, you, man. That oh, it's and great, Lebowski. sir. Some of your fold money's come on stole. <laughs> <laughs> and the bills are just flying out the window. That and Lebowski are both. both are both great. But I, I do agree that Lebowski's underrated. I mean, with with its audience, with the people that love Lebowski, of course it's not. I mean, there are there is that cult following that is really into it. Mm-hmm. But with the average person, they probably saw it once and said, this movie's kind of stupid. And they didn't see the subtle beauty of, talk about Americana. I mean, it starts with a bowling alley. And, you know, it, it's got a cowboy. It, it's really just an American movie. It, 
explores well, in the every way. Film noir, the the, the plot structure is a film noir. I mean, it's the Big Lebowski plot wise is taken straight out of like the Big Sleep. You know, it's taken straight out of you know Dashiell Hammett and and Raymond Chandler stories, because it's all about like this sort of this this guy who's from the underbelly, and ends up courting like these rich people and working for them and getting involved in their intrigues. But in the Big Lebowski, it's not some detective; it's just some guy who falls into it by accident, and he's the ultimate American guy. His name is the Dude, <laughs> and he's a complete slacker. You know, he has no business being involved in anything. And just when they're done with it, sure, they get a cowboy to narrate the thing, just so it's all American. Just so we leave no stone unturned in American cinema. We have to have that element of Western movies, too. Where Sam Elliott, the ultimate cowboy actor, comes in and narrates the movie as a cowboy. And that's the best. I don't like some of the sequences, the little musical dream sequences and stuff. That slows the movie down. I can see where they're coming from, trying to do these artsy little montages, but other than that, I think the movie's straight up awesome. Yeah, and funny from start to oh, finish, yeah. which is hard to do. Those guys are the greatest dialogue writers ever. John Goodman has all the good oh, lines. No. You're out of your element, Donnie! That's my favorite John Good- Goodman character ever, by far. I mean, if, if, if Dignan in Bottle Rocket is the ultimate Wes Anderson, I would say that... that um, Walter. Walter. And, uh, and is Lebowski name. is the ultimate John Goodman character, in my opinion. You know, Not that I've seen. They actually, I haven't seen the Flintstones. They actually so wanted, I gotta say, so I, I could be <laughs> yeah, out of my out of my element here. The... Just like just like a... <laughs> you're like a child who enters in the middle of a conversation. You're entering a world of pain. But uh, but in what's interesting about that is a lot of people got mad because Fargo was so critically acclaimed and they followed up with Lebowski. But actually, they wanted to do Lebowski before that, and they had to wait because they wanted they wanted John Goodman and they wanted Jeff Bridges, and they had to wait till for a time where they were both available to get them both in that movie. Well, it worked out. So really, that was the first movie. They just made Fargo while they were waiting to do that one. I think it's awesome. I agree. For all you pretentious critics out there. Very cool. And also, you know, let's not forget uh, Howard the Duck. Now, I've never seen Howard the Duck, actually. (laughs) I'm not sure. I just wanted to mention Howard the Duck. I'm not sure (laughs) as a comedy I would say that's one of the underrated funny movies. But I like it. It's a universally panned movie, so... If it's good yeah, at all, it probably is underrated. Yeah, and in that way, underrated. I feel like defending it. Yeah, a movie that is rated as low as that one, <laughs> just by just the odds that it's underrated. I mean, come on. It has zero good it's ratings. almost below the bottom. It almost dug a hole for Howard the Duck. What a weird idea. I mean, come on. Who, what mainstream audience is going to accept Howard the Duck? Isn't there a but scene I'm a fan where of the original like, Howard the Duck comic. That's implied that he gets it on with a human girl or whatever. Isn't there a scene? just can't seem to find the right man. Maybe it's not a man you should be looking for. Ah. You think I might find happiness in the animal kingdom, Ducky? Like they say, Val. Love's strange. We could always give it a try. Okay. Let's go for it, Mr. Macho. What do you mean? Okay. It was a joke! Listen, I'm pretty tired. It's just that you're so incredibly soft and cuddly. Bev, let's be realistic. I mean, my apartment's zillions of miles from here. You're three feet taller than I am. I just can't resist your intense animal magnetism. Whoops. That's kind of weird. What did George Lucas have to do with that? I've never understood this. He was like the executive producer. This is also an interesting story. Back in 1976, when Howard the Duck, the comic book, was very popular, you know, Lucas and a couple of his buddies actually were fans and and thought, wouldn't it be neat to make a movie of that? This is pre-Star Wars. And then later on, much later on, 1986, I think is when they actually made the movie, they got their chance and they make this movie, and everyone's like, I don't know why they did that, that's crazy. And even the com- the, the Howard the Duck comic book people are like, that That wasn't true to the Howard the Duck comic, which is just, that's the biggest slap in the face to Lucas. Yeah. 
Well, it may be true. <laughs> and so everyone sweeps it under the rug. I'm a, I'm a huge Howard the Duck comic book fan. Oh, yeah. I have the Howard the Duck issues. I've you know what I mean? Like, either. I used to collect the actual comic. You know? So I feel like I'm on a pretty good plane to judge Howard the Duck and and how well it adapted the story of, of Howard the Duck. <laughs> he really lost the soul of that character. Yeah, I think they captured the essence of what they were required to capture in the movie. It's just a weird story, and it didn't make a lot of money, and so everybody always pans it. But if you watch it, I think it's a lot of fun. To this day, I could watch Howard the Duck, and I find it to be extremely entertaining. Well, I'll check it out. So, I haven't you know, seen whatever. it. Whatever. So. What's your next? What What do you think makes? The I cut would say I would say fear of a black hat, which I know you're yeah, familiar with. I do like that one. It's essentially a ripoff of Spinal Tap in almost every way, but I think in a lot of ways it's, well it's funnier than Spinal Tap. It takes the Spinal Tap story and it applies it to to rappers, in uh, I guess the early I think to mid nineties. They found a deeper well yeah. in rappers. Well, there's there's certainly a lot to make fun of there, especially at that time. Now, why do you need all these guns? Well, you see, guns, when they talk about gun control, they talk about taking away our guns so they can control us. It ain't that kind of party. So I'm going to be packing and strapping because teeth ain't napping. Mm -hmm. uh, what's this one? What is that? This is a very good choice, little chickadee. You got eyes for this. This is a Uzi, fully automatic. I guess you have to really know what you're doing to use one of those. Nah, this is a good jammy for beginners. I mean, this is better than those autofocus cameras. You just spray the area. Do you know the caliber of all these guns? Uh, yeah. This one here is for little motherfuckers. This one here is for a couple more motherfuckers. And this here is for big motherfuckers. To me, it, it's funnier in some ways. It's hard to say it's funnier in Spinal Tap, but Spinal Tap's such a subtle thing. I think it's broader. I think more people would probably enjoy Fear of a Black Hat and get the idea of it, especially now, because it's still relevant when you're talking about rappers and what makes them famous. Because, you know, what were they They were talking about, you know, NWA and yeah, all that kind well, of stuff. There's lots of that movie. thinly, thinly veiled references to all kinds of real bands, which you didn't get in yeah. Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap was not making fun of any particular band. It's just kind of a generic metal no, thing. No, you know? they, they, they did a really good job. And so well, in fact, that Spinal Tap sometimes is actually remembered as its own band because they did their own songs yeah. for that movie. And the songs they did in uh, Fear of a Black Hat they did such a good job that, are actual parodies yeah, it wasn't even a parody of, of actual songs. So it's different in that respect. But they go through a lot of the similar yeah. plot elements where they'll bring a girl in and the girl causes drama between the two main dudes and stuff, just like in Spinal Tap. But it's it's a really funny movie. You should definitely check it out. It's it's uh, very much underrated, I think, because it's very clever. I guess maybe because it was a ripoff of Spinal Tap, it didn't get its proper respect. I think it may have come out too soon. I think if a movie like Fear of Black Hat came out now, it would be much better. They should do a big DVD re-release of that movie. I bet they get a lot of response because that's still that phenomenon is still going strong. And all the guys in it are really and funny. What's what's fun about that is Rusty Cundiff, the guy who yeah. does that movie, the guy who directed that movie, who didn't do much else visibly since then. He did. He started doing some stuff for Chappelle's show. Later on, he did some of the funnier when they did the real yeah, world yeah. spoof on Chappelle's show. He he directed that. He's really good in the movie, and that he, was one of the first breakout sketches in the the first season. He of acts Chappelle's in this movie. He's like the main character too, and he's really funny in it. And so are the other dudes. All three of the main guys in it are really good. And uh, it's a shame that you haven't seen them in more stuff. One of the guys is uh, the dude from uh, Space Camp. <laughs> but for the most part, <laughs> there's a guy. One of the guys is from Iron Eagle. And I've seen, like, that other guy, he's been in a Burger King commercial and stuff. You see him every now and then, these weird random things. But it's a shame they haven't done more because they're really funny. I don't know. I don't know. They just haven't gotten their shot. But I'm I'm trying to push it out there. So if you guys go check it out, show it to your friends. Maybe we can maybe we can get these guys some work. For all I know, they're, the movement started. they're probably in some huge movie right now that I'm not aware of because I'm not really tuned into the world. But, but it's a great movie. It's got, uh, yet again, a lot of funny funny quotable lines that's one of those things i like about it if if for me a comedy's good if you can quote it later with other people that have seen it and they laugh too They're like oh yeah that's great 
well, especially if it sort of creates its own vernacular, like these colloquialisms will get created in movies and people will start using the lines and everyone knows what they're saying. It's a strange pop culture code. Yeah, that's the problem with some of these movies like we're talking about now is that not a lot of people have seen them. So you go quoting it to people that don't know it and they just look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. That's your way of sniffing out the cool people. Yeah. Or looking like a weirdo. But that movie people. reminds me of of Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang, okay. <laughs> Someone, did you ever see you know, Pootie Tang? I, I meant to see it. It's one of those that it was on my list, and I just never got around to it. Oh, you totally should. Because not only is it directed by Louis C.K., who I think is very funny, but it has a lot of very funny people in it, including Chris Rock, is one of the people in Pootie Tang. And most everyone from the Chris Rock show, when he did his show, who wrote for or acted in the Chris Rock show, including Wanda Sykes, she's in it also. Oh, that's cool. Mario Joyner is in it. A lot of really funny people are in that movie, and it's just, uh, like, if you haven't seen it, then I, there's not much I can tell you, but it's stupid. You want to talk about a movie that creates its own vernacular, everything Pootie Tang, the character, says is complete nonsense. He's like, Captain Damien. Like everything, he doesn't even speak English, and everyone thinks he's like the coolest guy in the world. It's just, it's too awesome. Totally black exploitation superhero spoof movie. Too cool. You got to watch Pootie Tang. It's right up there with The Last Dragon. You like you you keep that a meter of that. It's like, oh, they've seen that. They must be kind of cool. Then. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm not. I meant to see it. Well. Maybe you meant to be cool. I'll add it to my list. There's so many things that, that yeah. you hear about that people say are good. It's hard to find a good comedy. I, I hope we help people out a little bit with this show here. Cause I know. I was actually reticent to do a comedy episode because I'm like, what are we going to talk about? I love comedies. I really do. But I th- it's like the lowest form of film to me. Like, it's so hard to find. And, and they do make them every now and then where I find a comedy that I think is an well, important movie. I think it's movie. the highest form. But most of the time be- not. When it's done right. Because it's so hard to do. That's why there's so many bad ones. But it, it's hard to make a good comedy. And that's why you never see them. Something like a bottle rocket. Something that's subtle. Because it not only has to entertain, it also has to resonate. For a comedy to be effective, it, people have to go home with it. Like we talk about the quotable lines and there has to be a sort of universality to it. You know, there, there are a lot of guidelines to making good comedy. And I mean, they crank out crap all the time. I mean, that's... That's just the long and the short of it. Like these romantic comedies. Oh, my uh. Lord. <laughs> I can't. That is that is not neither that is neither romantic or comedic. You just can't base me. a comedy on a formula. Comedies. That's what gets on my nerves when you see a movie and it's just like, uh, guess what? Like the Dupree movie or something. We're a normal couple, but I got this crazy friend from college and sparks are going to fly. You know, that. Like Matthew no McConaughey. Good. Matthew McConaughey doesn't want to move out of his parents' house. Yeah, exactly. House. Sounds like, like a bad sitcom. You're trying to date him. Why? Good God. Yeah, that's that's like something I've really seen. That's why stuff like, you know, you see stuff like Office Space really oh, yeah. works with people. Because that's another movie that came out and people didn't give it much. But if you walk into a workspace with people... And it, it mostly in an office, but also in a, in a regular environment, like you know, people who work in restaurants. Everybody sort of gets that movie now that they see it. You know, you can walk into people and go, "You got to put new cover sheet on TPS yeah. reports," and suddenly they all know what you mean. It's like this code word for BS. I think BS. we can all relate to that. And if you say that in an office, the guy who doesn't get it is the guy who actually doesn't get it. I think we can all relate to that that feeling of. Uh having people in charge of you that you don't necessarily respect. Nina speaking. Just a moment. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS reports. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I, I forgot. Mm, yeah. You see, we're putting the cover sheets on all TPS reports now before they go out. Did you see the memo about this? Yeah, yeah, I have the memo right here. I just uh, forgot, but uh, it's not shipping out till tomorrow, so there's no problem. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. And uh, I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. Okay? Yeah, no, I, I, right, I have the memo. And doing something with your life that doesn't yeah. make you happy, you know. Office space and how you is have another to one that it's not. That. It's become more accepted when it when it was first out years ago. It it was definitely an underrated movie. It didn't do well at all. 
until it came out on video. But now you meet people all over the place who swear by that movie. And it's almost like if you're in an office and someone hasn't seen that movie, you're like, what's wrong yeah. with you? So, Like, how are you supposed to know what makes you a phony in this place if you haven't seen Office Space? We should definitely add that office to space the list. Office Space lays man. it all out. That's Mike Judge at his height. And I love Mike Judge. It is him at his height. And I love a lot of the stuff that he has done. But that, to me, is the thing that's really that he really tapped into it. He's he's a, he's such a like, genius at recognizing stuff like, elements that make you human, just normal American societal things that other people yeah the, little the very things. little part things. at the very beginning where the guy is listening to the rap music he's yeah. like a white guy and he's like and he's, singing along it's hardcore rap, rap too sudden, it's like, like gangsta stuff yeah just completely. <laughs> And all of a sudden, like, there's a guy by the side of the road, and he's black, and he's selling flowers. And this, all of a sudden, he turns his radio down and slowly locks his door. Yeah. It's like such a, such a sad but real commentary. You see where it's like he was trying to be all hardcore for just a second. And then you see he's afraid of the guy who sells flowers. That's perfect. I love Mike Judge. And it's also a very quotable movie. It's also got a oh, lot of yeah. good lines and a lot of funny people are in it. Michael Bolton? That's me. Wow, is that your real name? Yeah. <clears throat> so are you related to that singer guy? No, it's just a coincidence. Oh. No one in this country can ever pronounce my name right. It's, it's not that hard. Yeah, well, at least your name is Michael Bolton. You know, there's nothing wrong with that name. There was nothing wrong with it until I was about 12 years old and that no-talent ass clown became famous and started winning Grammys. Why don't you just uh, go by Mike instead of Michael? No way. Why should I change? He's the one who sucks. Those are the elements that really stand out, you know. Is it relatable? Can everybody get the position of it? You know, is it funny? Is it written funny? Meaning, are the characters funny? And does it have good dialogue? Those are like the three crucial elements of a good comedy. Yeah, right dialogue's there. key. Do they get all it? the movies I love? Do they think it's have funny? Clever dialogue. Can they quote it? Because I'll tell you a movie that's just like Office Space that I hate, and it's a movie called Waiting. Have you seen this oh, movie? Oh yeah, yeah. And I it's have. about people yeah. who work in a restaurant. I don't restaurant. think it's just like Office Space. No, I what mean, I mean is, I guess it's the, coming the, from that same the cross place section where they're annoyed at their workplace. The cross section that tries to appeal to is that it's trying to appeal to people who have a similar kind of job, and that. But the difference with office space is whether or not you've worked in an office or whether or not you've worked in a restaurant, you get that. You get what it's like because everybody's had a job that they felt that way. Everybody's been that point in their life. But with waiting, not only was it not funny to me, but I have had people come up going, well, if you've worked in a restaurant before, you'd find it funny. It's like, that's why it's not funny. Yeah. That's like me telling yeah. you a joke and going, oh, well, if you were me, you'd see how that was funny. Like, well, of course, the whole the concept is that you present it to me in a way that it, it appeals to me. I understand how it applies to me. That's yeah, it common. has to be universal a little bit. Yeah, at, at least to the point where even if I don't agree with what you're saying, I get what you're saying. And I get where it's true to some point. You know, if you have to say, oh, well, you had to do this, you know, <laughs> you had to be there in a movie that movie actually has the excuse that you had to be there. It's like, I had to be living the life of the writer to get the movie? Oh, that makes me mad. And even that movie was better than the other one they did, that one with Dane Cook where he works in a big box store Same of some kind. deal, though, right? I haven't seen that movie, but I'm guessing it's the same concept. Oh, yeah, it is, except it's not as good. That's what's sad. At Lord. Least waiting, what I'll give it. Dane waiting Cook? had a he couple of funny wait, moments. He was in that waiting movie, too. Dane Cook. And then his new movie apparently is just about how many times we can see Jessica Alba rip her pants off. What is hey, going on? I'm there. I'm there too, but I'm just saying, why you bother paying Dane Cook? Anybody could be in that movie. Yeah, for real. If all you're going to do is show Jessica Alba in her panties like nine times in a two second clip, I don't think we need to pay Dane Cook to come and be in this movie. I don't think it has I would to be also, funny at um, all. I don't know. I, I don't guess it's underrated, but I would put Best of Show on there. Well, it's underrated in that it's not very popular with the average person, I, I guess. I would say it's that, not... that anything by Christopher Guest you should check out if you're serious about, if especially deadpan kind of humor, like, like Spinal Tap. 
because all he has done, he's got a brilliant career where almost every movie he's done has been like a mockumentary style movie. Now he didn't direct Spinal Tap, but he did write it. He did co-write it. Yeah. And uh, that was Rob Reiner. And he totally, it. yeah, he totally sells it too. He's the best part of it. So. <laughs> He's got to eleven. That's like the yeah. best. <laughs> He's got to eleven. <laughs> Another example of a great character that's just so clueless that it's endearing. It's also a great example of if you ever hear someone quote Spinal Tap, that'll be the quote. You hear people to this day sometimes go, "These go to eleven because it's just such a ridiculous line. And if you don't know the line, then go watch the movie. Get hip. But, but Best uh, of Show best is Best of Show is a good one. He did a good movie awesome. that was not a mockumentary called The Big Picture, which is a really awesome sort of indictment of the way movies get made. Is that a good Kevin one? I haven't Bacon. seen that one. I've always enjoyed that movie, and, and I've always related to that movie in my brief in my brief effort to make a movie. I think that, uh, except for the part where he you know is successful at the end, I think I, to some degree, ran into every element of that movie in talking to people about trying to make a movie. Oh yeah. So I really, I really feel for that movie. But that's a good one. And anything, you know, if you, you know, the Christopher Guest movies he's made since Best in Show is probably the best of those kind of movies he's made. But A Mighty yeah. Wind is pretty funny. It's all right. And, I like uh, Waiting for Guffman. That's a pretty good one. Waiting for Guffman, which came out before Best in Show, yeah. is really Those funny. are the two. But he's really funny two. in that, too, his character. He's like, you're bastard <laughs> yeah. people. Just, you're not you're even good people at all. You're I just don't bastard do. people, and I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's such a great character. So what I'm understanding here, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you're not giving me any money so now I'm left basically with nothing I'm left with zero which in which what can I do with zero you know what can I I can't do anything with it I need to this is my life here we're talking about we're not just talking about you know something else we're talking about my life you know and it's forcing me to do something I don't want to do to leave to, to go out and just leave and go home and say make a clean cut here and say no way Corky you're not putting up with these people and I'll tell you why I can't put up with you people because you're bastard people that's what you are you're just bastard people and I'm going home and I'm gonna I'm gonna bite my pillow is what I'm gonna do he's not only an awesome comedic director but he's probably the most underrated comedic character actor of our time oh no doubt he is like hilarious. he's amazing man he's also in best of show he plays like a country guy he's from britain he's obviously (laughs) from britain he plays a country guy and it's convincing his accent's really good he is and it's hard to do a southern accent if you're not from the south if you don't know who christopher guest is you have probably seen the princess bride and he is he's the six-fingered man in the princess bride yeah his only really non-comedic role i can think of seen him in He's actually not funny at all in that. Well, he's he's got a couple good parts. I guess. Oh, yeah. If you don't yeah, have your yeah. health, but that's you haven't very got anything. And it's also Rob Reiner. So I mean, yeah, yeah, it comes back around. But there's there's a lot of gold there. There's a lot of gold. Just just anything he makes, you can't go wrong. What else you got? What is Cabin Boy? <laughs> that's one. Cabin Boy. <laughs> that's what I'm. I love Chris Elliott, man. You know, Chris Elliott, Ooh. before, he used, to, he used to do David Letterman, and he was really funny just coming in doing weirdo stuff on David Letterman. And then for a while, he had a show with Fox called Get a Life. I liked which, that show. It was really funny. And it lasted like a season and a half. He's like Andy Richter, and that a dude that's just funny, but they never mm-hmm. can get a break. Andy Richter also had a very funny short-lived show on Fox. Yeah. called Andy Richter Controls the Universe and they haven't even put that out on DVD I'd buy that on DVD if they'd put it out that was a really funny show and Andy Richter man he keeps trying and he's been in so many things so many shows well cause everyone likes him and everyone, everyone knows, knows he's, he's funny, funny but they can't find, a, a, they can't can't just find, find something that works weird but Cabin Boy man I don't know I like Cabin Boy but woo I don't know if I'd recommend that to the average fan. That's I don't know if we have average fans. This to me, it's this so, we're beyond intermediate so, level, so all right? Stupid. We, we started the show accidentally talking about the dark backward. I think it's cool, though, because we're mentioning that. stuff like Best of Show, which is a fairly, you know, it's like an intellectually solid kind of thing. Then you go to Cabin Boy, like, wow, these guys, they're all over the map. <laughs> well, yeah, really. I'm just spinning the dial, folks. I don't know what you're into.
Look, I am in desperate need of assistance. Well, well, well. What's on your mind, little girl? Uh, I realize that you are most likely the product of lower-class inbreeding, but perhaps you could help me. Oh, gosh, I certainly hope so. I have been wandering this dreary village in hopes of finding the Queen Catherine. You wouldn't have any idea where she might be docked, would you? Oh, uh, you know what you are? You're, you're one of those little, uh, fancy lads, aren't you? <laughs> Boy, you're cute. Okay. Gosh, what a sweet little outfit. Is it your little spring outfit? No. <laughs> you couldn't be cuter. You're so adorable. Oh, my. You know, you remind me of my niece, Sally. Lovely girl. She's, she's a dietitian. Hey, would you like to buy a monkey? No, I don't want to buy a monkey. Are you sure? No, I'm on my way. Your right. family must be very proud All of All right, you. we'll see you, honey. I like Cabin Boy, though. It's, 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 it's got David Letterman in it. Can't, it has can't a cameo that. by David Letterman. It has Andy Richter in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's got a lot of funny people in it. It's got a guy, Brian James, who is sort of a Johnny drama. Although he's he's no longer with us, but he was a great like B movie actor. He's one of the guys that got a lot of funny lines, and it's all just it's Chris Elliott at his best to me because it makes no sense. It's a completely anachronistic story of this guy, I guess, in the 1800s, who's like an affluent rich rich kid who accidentally falls in with like this this fishing ship and has to be their cabin boy and he has this ridiculous sort of if you can imagine Pee-wee's big adventure that kind of adventure and it is also executive produced by Tim Burton the movie so. oh really I didn't know that mm-hmm. so that that influence is not accidental hmm so should I pick okay well now if we want to come up to something nicer I guess I'll mention Little Miss Sunshine which I think is an awesome movie yeah I haven't seen it yet well you need to get cracking. I know, what is man. it? No, not cool. Get Pootie Tang and Little Miss Sunshine in the same shipment. That'll really, that'll really set your senses on on fire. But that's a great movie. That's, it's not only very funny. Well, you got Steve Carell. Yes, yeah, you got Carell. Greg, Greg Kinnear is in the movie. I like him too. So, you know, everyone in the movie. Tony Collette is in the movie. They're all really funny in the movie, and it's also really touching. It's a really, it's, it's everything movies should be. Little Miss Sunshine is, yeah, I call it a comedy, but it's also, you know, very dramatic. It's what I think you should have in movies because it, it entertains on every level. It also it also stimulates you, your, you emotionally on every level, I think. And I should mention, since I'm on that subject, As Good As It Gets is another movie that I think is just like that. Yeah. Where yeah. really funny, really funny lines. I can quote lines from As Good As It Gets and people just, they get it when I'm out and about. You know, I can say stuff, you know. Go sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. This is uh, we're getting into the more grown up kind of movies now. You but you are you balked at Cabin Boy. No, I didn't balk. I got a I got I a range. Saying, yeah, but you got it pick. Cabin Boy is about as ridiculous as you can get. It's a comedy. What did I just say? Comedy <laughs> is the lowest form of film. I don't see. Yeah, I, I've I, cited exceptions like Little Miss Sunshine and as, as good as it gets, where comedies can be the height of film. But I think as a genre comedy runs the gamut for better or worse like you know cannibal the musical i think is a great comedy i don't think it's a great film i if you're gonna go with uh those guys i i'd say team america i don't know if team america would count as underrated but i don't know that many people that have seen it it's it's certainly not more a... people could could be watching puppet movies you put puppets in a movie you're splitting your audience this is a fact. That's like my mom. She won't watch a movie in black and white. She's not going to watch a movie about puppets. Well, you're missing out. Because, if, if, I mean, to me, those guys are, are already super funny. I really love everything they do. But this, to me, is way funnier than any of the South Park stuff. Yeah, if you don't watch this because of puppets, that's that's part of what makes it funny. Then you're so missing you're really the missing completely. Out. That's the yeah. That's, this ain't Meet the Feebles. There was a movie called Meet the Feebles where they tried ooh. to do Pete Jackson, who did The Lord of the Rings, tried to do, you know, a Muppet style movie, and it was all gross and gritty and hardcore. It's that horrible. movie's awful. Oh, it's that horrible. movie should be noted for its awfulness. Like I actually think that movie may be important in the history <laughs> of movies because it's so horrible. Well, it's hard to offend me in a movie because I'm I'm pretty much like whatever. 
you know, I enjoy everything, but oh my god, even that movie, yeah. that movie was like, I don't think I want to finish this. That movie crosses some boundaries. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable with how gross this is. <laughs> yeah, I feel uncomfortable with people who like this movie. Yeah, it's, it's like, really disturbing when you where someone. It's like people like, who yeah, watch Reservoir right Dogs because they find it very entertaining. I'm like, mm, yeah, when that guy gets movie, his ear but... cut off, that is hilarious. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but Team America, check it out. That's all I'm saying. Right up there with Joe Dirt. You you gonna put Joe Dirt on the list? I put it out there. It's out there now. You know what I like about Joe Dirt though is like I this is another movie that I watched and I didn't really think much about it when I first saw it. But the more you watch it, the more endearing the lines become. Yeah. <laughs> like the, can't have no one your own. Oh my god. That's what I like about that is that there's a scene in Joe Dirt where they they illustrate what I think is one of the most important rules in comedy, which is this. Besides the fact that timing is important, you can make a joke funny if you just keep repeating. <laughs> Sometimes, if you do it right, if yeah. you do it right, there's but there's a moment where he runs into like this Cajun guy and he's like, I thought I was gonna find my home, and the guy's like, home away, mate. You like to see homos naked? Home and where you make it. Yeah, you like to see homos naked. That's cool, man. Whatever. No, 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 no. Home and where you make it. Home, where you make it. Oh. Everybody know that. Goddamn, boy. Guy likes to see homos naked. That don't help me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just that. It's just. There's nothing clever about that joke except that they don't let it go. It's like pausing for a laugh until you get it. I've always been a big fan of uh, the old the, the punchline repeat. Like Bill Maher will do that. He'll say a joke, and if no one laughs, he'll repeat the punchline. <laughs> and then he'll say it again. Yeah, well, you don't want to do that. <laughs> until but you want to wanna find a way to keep recycling it till you sell it. That's what I like about it. Slight variations on the punchline each time. But there's something, that, and on the same run, a lot, of, a lot of people like this better than Joe Dirt, and I like it. I don't know if I like it better than Joe Dirt, but there's a movie called Run, Ronnie, Run. Not familiar with which that. Which is not, which is, it's just like Joe Dirt, ex- except that it's not trying to be endearing to the audience. It's the guys from Mr. Show, David Cross and uh, Bob Odenkirk, oh, that's cool. made this movie, and it's actually a segment from the show. That they expanded into a movie, but basically, this guy David Cross is like a total like mullet-headed trailer park guy, and he gets arrested all the time. And finally, you know, they this TV producer comes in, and they're like, "Well, maybe we can capitalize on this." And they actually have him go from city to city and get arrested <laughs> on camera, and that's his show. Interesting, like through the whole thing. And it's just it's you know their style of humor. So I like those very, guys. Very, very funny, very, very wild and fun to I watch. I feel bad that I haven't heard of this because I like those guys. You should. You'd probably enjoy. it. I think you'd dig it. But get that. Run, Ronnie, run is the name of the movie. It's not as popular as Joe Dirt. You can't find it very many places. Yeah, it's probably not much, on Comedy really Central funny. every weekend like Joe Dirt is. Like Joe Dirt, yeah. You've seen Joe Dirt whether or not you want to. Which <laughs> yeah. is the real reason it doesn't belong on this list. Yeah. Because, of course, you've seen Joe Dirt. Comedy Central is the new Superstation. It's sort of like if you have HBO, Anchorman is a movie that I think is an awesome new comedy. Like, very quotable, very funny. But if you have HBO, like me, you've seen it a hundred times. Like Napoleon Dynamite. You know, no one's find, no one's finding that under a rock. Everyone has heard of it. Yeah, it. another great movie, but that can't say it's awesome. underrated because everyone loves yeah. it. I wish they made more movies like that. I don't know where a comedy like Napoleon Dynamite comes from. I mean, because Napoleon was, as weird as it was, it was so realistic. And that, you know, I mean, I don't know, not everybody, but I knew that guy. You know, I went, that well, was yeah. my high school. I mean, everything and, in and that was so... to some degree, not, not to that extreme, but to some degree, everybody's been that guy or felt like him. Yeah. You know, you felt like you were the, the complete loser guy. I mean, you know I've, I, mean? I, I, every time he But the completely go, like, clueless one, like he draws the picture of the girl like, <laughs> and he actually draws her mustache. Yeah, like, and he doesn't even understand what he's, he's done wrong. He's like, shading yeah, it took me like three or four hours on the shading of your upper lip. Yeah. <laughs> like, you really realize that's the worst possible thing he could say. Oh, wow. That's such a good movie. That's, that's, Not underrated, but if you haven't endearing. seen it, 
by all means, be the last person on earth that hasn't seen it and go go check it out. If you know, we haven't mentioned, and then we're getting around to it. We want to talk about good movies that we find it is a uh, kicking and screaming. Oh yeah, of course. I should have mentioned not, that earlier. Not the not the Will Ferrell, not oh, the well, soccer. Well, then forget it. Movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Never I, mind. I then we're not on the same page at all. <laughs> no, this is Noah Baumbach's first film, which you said was coming out on DVD. Now it is on it's DVD. Gonna, it's it's on, on like the Criterion collection. collection, one of those fancy. So ones. I should. I should pick this up now, but it wasn't on DVD for a long time because when Bombach started out, no one but us seemed to understand that he was cool. And so he had made all these deals with these nothing little video companies that hadn't even gotten around to doing DVDs yet. He still got movies not on DVD. <laughs> you know, he did a second movie called Highball, which was released as Highball. I don't think that's what he called it. Yeah. And that's still not out on DVD. But... But Kicking and Screaming, though, Highball, he didn't even put his name on. You, you'll find that's a little Alan Smithy. He didn't, it wasn't Alan Smithy was the name he used, but he and, and Carlos Jackot, who did the writing on it, you know, they're not credited on the movie at all. But they are credited in Noah in, uh, in Kicking and Screaming. Kicking and Screaming is, I think, one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, no doubt. In fact, I may enjoy... I think I enjoy Kicking and Screaming more than Bottle Rocket. Oh, really? I think yeah, I would I really, in some respects. I think respects. it holds up more for me. It's not in, It's not quite as endearing, although it is endearing to me. But I think just for the fact that it's about a group of characters in college. And when that movie was introduced to us, it was introduced to people who... To us by people who said, you know, you should watch this movie because these guys are like you guys, you know? Yeah. Because it was a group of people like in college that were like trying not to graduate yeah and they're afraid of being the real world oh my god jesus look at this there's like food in here in the beer there's food in the beer turn it no i mean i don't want to upset her no 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 i I don't want to bother her she seems really irritable a little distant it's like, I don't know, it's just been a hard day for her. I, this might just set her over the edge. I want her to like me. I, I, I like this better anyway. It's like a piece of chicken wing or a cheese fry. I mean, look at this. Like, don't complain to me if you're not going to return it. Yeah, now they had more money than we did. Oh, that's one way course. we didn't relate. They were all like, you know. Well, that's Noah Bombeck nice and Wes Anderson, man. They're they're stuck in that Ivy League world. That's well, apparently where that's they where they from. came up, and that's cool. But it, but to me, kicking and screaming, you could watch that movie and you could relate, like because every one of those characters in the movie is an archetype. You know, every one of their group of friends, you had a guy in your group of friends that was like that guy. Yeah, yeah. They all fulfilled that function. And not in that way exactly. And of course, you know, some people would be hybrids of certain characters. But but I could look back at all the characters in that movie and say, you know, my friend so-and-so was that character. And I think there, there's a lot to be said. And it's and it's sort of poignant. You know, it's not just a comedy. Well, it, well, it is very funny. But it's another one of those that I think is a valid comedy it's got in a, that. It's got a really sweet love story more. in it. A real touching mm-hmm. love story, I think. And, and a very realistic one. Yeah, that, that puts it over Bottle Rocket in that respect. The love story on Bottle Rocket isn't touching or realistic at all, really. Yeah, it's sweet, but it's not real. Yeah, but it's very... Bottle Rocket doesn't feel real at all. Kicking and screaming feels too real. Yeah, it, it really gets you at the end there. It's really tugs at your heartstrings. It's really well done in that respect but again there's there's parts in it that that don't work as well so it's you can tell that it's his first movie this part but then i don't think he's made a movie since then that i that i think that i like nearly as much and i did like highball highball was a movie that they shot and i've seen places where highball was actually called felix's birthday i think it was it played on bravo one time and that was the name they called it so that may be the actual name they intended but that movie was shot over a weekend. 
and it takes place as like three separate parties in three different points in time in the same apartment and the group of friends and it's got a lot of the same people from Kicking and Screaming and it's really funny if you see it as Highball you know get it or if the Criterion Collection puts it out as Felix's birthday one day get that it's another great cast on uh, Kicking and Screaming it's much like it's 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 sort of like a fear of a black hat and that everyone in it's really funny and you've seen all of them in little little places little yeah. pieces here you and there you still see them though. but none of them have they, broken out those yet. guys i don't know if the, any of those guys have broken out but you see them in a lot of stuff there isn't a guy in that movie that like carlos jackot that i mentioned has been a lot of stuff chris eigeman who plays max one of my favorite characters yeah. in the movie he's been in a bunch of things and uh, josh hamilton the main guy You'll still see him in a lot of stuff. He was in a really good movie that I like that's funny but not a comedy called House of Yes. Yeah, if you ever get yeah. a chance to see that, I have that's seen that. That's a great movie. It's a great and Very similar, his character in the way, you know, it's the lives of very rich people. But it's very deadpan and very dry. Very, very bizarre in places. Kicking and Screaming, I think, is uh, it's a great example of just the, the humanity in comedy. Because it's it's real, like you said, the violence of the horses, and it was disturbing and erotic. Yeah. And... Have you even seen this movie? <laughs> That's my favorite part in the movie yeah. where they form a, Have you a read book this club, book? but he never reads the yeah. book. <laughs> That's every time. <laughs> like, which I also relate to because later on in life I did join a book club that none of us ever read the, read the book. <laughs> yeah. And it slowly became a let's watch movies club because that we could do that during the club session. Yeah. We didn't have any homework. But there's just it's the little things that you will tap into your your soul. You're like, oh, I know that. I know that guy. I did that. First of all, thank God we speak fluent Spanish, huh? <laughs> Jeez. I, you know what I noticed near the end of the book when Grady goes to the prison? That the violence, which is up to then had a ferocious energy about it, departed from the emotional violence and became terrifyingly brutal and real. And particularly after he left the prison and he went to find that horse, I found the descriptions of the horse to be, frankly, astonishingly beautiful and yet disturbingly arousing. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, you are, you're right on, I think. You really, you've pinned down the, uh, what it is about the book. Uh, definitely with the, the prison, when um, when Grady is in, does, he's, there's violence, there's a lot of violence, and it's like night and day. And when Grady, uh, he saw those, those horses, I think you were saying, um, and it was arousing, it was violently arousing. Otis, have you read this book? <laughs> yeah. No. Definitely check out Kicking and Screaming. Definitely check out Bottle Rocket. Those are my. If, if you yeah. have to take two from me tonight, that would be the two. Yeah, I would have to say, especially Kicking and Screaming. If we've convinced you to look past that Will Ferrell movie to find the actual Kicking and Screaming, because yeah. that was so even insult to, energy, <laughs> to, to injury when that movie came out. That <laughs> was like, even the name now will be forever obfuscated yeah. in the annals of movie history. Oh. It's like they're going to have to rename that movie Highball 2. <laughs> Man, I've got others, but we're I think we I think we covered it. Well, that's cool. Uh, we can we can, can do this about. again because I'm sure there are others. We could do some comedy follow-ups. Maybe, you know, maybe you people watch the movies we're talking about and and recommend others. Oh yeah, get, definitely. Get Email us at feedback going. at tv8mydinner.com and suggest to us some movies that you think we might enjoy. I would love that. Man, I would love that. Anyone that wants to write and say anything is cool. If you want to write and say, you know, where's Starkey? More yeah. Starkey. Need that more is Starkey. awesome. Do it. We worked at a radio station. I've said this in other episodes, so but people if you're new, we we used to work at a radio station in college. That's how we all met. We all worked at the same station. And I, I did a show on Sunday nights or something. And we never got calls because it was a small station in a small town. No one ever called. And then one night, a girl called and asked, requested a song. And it's from a CD that I had, but I didn't have it with me. It was at home. And I left and went home and left the station running with my partner, Sam. 
and to get the CD to drive back to the station during the same show to play this song for this person. That is how excited I was that someone gave us some feedback. So I've been there. I actually broke into, I was there one night, but I didn't feel like doing a show, and I played a rerun, and someone called in a request not knowing it was a rerun, and I had to stop the feed and come in and play, because <laughs> for the same reason, you can't you can't turn your back on that. Oh, so no just, way, man. Just to let you guys know, is and to be honest, aside from that happening every now and then, the only time I ever got any real feedback was from begging. So if that's yeah. what this sounds like, people, that's why. <laughs> the, the most <laughs> feedback we ever got when we were just like, just call! God! And, uh, well, I guess that's it. That, thanks for everything. Yeah. I shouldn't have jumped in. You were doing just fine. Friend. <laughs> so thanks, okay. Traveling down that road and back again. <laughs> Your heart is true. All right. You're a pal in a... Oh. See, and if you do a party And invited everyone you knew Let's just go out every week singing a different theme song from some that. weird show Until finally we get our own theme song That is my favorite Just You would see the biggest gift would be from me And the card attached would say Thank you for being a friend So we're obviously Golden Girls fans course talk about underrated comedy wow yeah b arthur <laughs> that is some snappy stuff <laughs> sass talking old ladies dog crazy dot com